0: Welcome to the Red and White Authority. Joining me is Chris Draper, former Red Wing, and of course, uh, assistant to General Manager Ken Holland. Uh, we're in Chicago. Chris, site of the draft. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, what's it been like so far? A lot of meetings. Well, what's your day like?
1: Yeah. Um, well, yesterday probably we had uh, had our biggest and, and longest meeting, just really finalizing for us our top thirty-one. Uh, is what we did, and uh, as an organization, obviously, you know Tyler Wright, and Jeff Finley, uh, kind of went over it, kind of went over some names, and then after we put the top thirty-one together, we kind of, you know, maybe play out some scenarios that uh, that might happen on a, on a tradeback situation, or if players slide, would there be an opportunity to to maybe trade up? So those were kind of the things that we talked about yesterday, um, and then a lot of the a lot of our scouts would get together, the area guys, and put our our reserve list together so basically how we want them ranked and and from there and you know now the now the works done now we wait and obviously uh... you know today's been a, been a wild day in the nhl with a, a lot of trades going on a lot of players moving uh, obviously the rangers traded up to, to get the seventh overall pick a lot of a lot of stuff going on so it's uh... it's 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 quite a day quite uh... you know obviously chicago great city to be around and there's a there's a good bu- buzz going already and, uh, you know, we're still hours away from, uh, from the start of the draft. When the Rangers trade up, do you,
0: does it, how does that impact you? Because they're probably going to go for a defenseman, and I know that. There's a few really gems early in this mm-hmm. uh, in this draft class. Do you do you sit there and go, "Oh shucks," or do you try to counter what the Rangers do? I know you can't give away yeah. all your strategy, but I mean, it's an ongoing process. It's completely fluid, right, leading up to the draft.
1: Yeah, um, you know, if you're gonna, I mean, obviously they gave up Ranta and and Step on to get to seven. Um, you know, yeah. You, you, We're not in a situation right now where we really want to, you know, mortgage any of our assets. I mean, obviously, anytime, you know, there's trade time, we have the ninth pick right now. And as of now, our focus is to make sure that we get the best player available at the ninth pick. Things obviously happen. Um, They moved up. They obviously covet somebody. That they feel that they're going to get at that seventh pick, um, you know, and we'll have to see what it is. Does it affect the way we do it? Probably not. I mean, we have kind of names that we think through one through eight that probably won't be available to us if everything goes as planned. And then from there, uh, you know, that's that's why you you as as a staff you go basically see thousands of games and put a list together and and go from there. So um, we know what our needs are. Um, You know, we've identified, obviously early on, we feel there's a handful of players at nine that that we're going to get one of them. Um, And that's kind of how it's really played out over the last couple of years. Um, And then the exciting thing is, is uh, obviously tomorrow. I think uh, obviously we have our second round pick. And then those four thirds. I think uh, you know we feel that we have uh, an opportunity to get some some good players uh, there as well. So I mean that's really that's really what you do. The work's done. Um, you know we had the combine. We interviewed players. I thought uh, our, uh, our our interview process went real well this year. Gathered some good information on some players and. From there, you just kind of wait and see, and it's uh, you know it's it's a little, it's interesting how it works. You go see so many games, you go see so many players, and you almost kind of get attached to some of these players just watching them and the way they play, and you really want them to be a Red Wing. But all you can do is wait, and uh, you have to see what the, obviously the teams in front of you do. I, I want to go back. We I talked to you a couple of weeks ago,
0: wrote a story about Dylan Larkin, talked to him, and I know that you and uh, Dylan have developed a friendship. And you talked about becoming friends, and it seemed that, especially when he was at the University of Michigan, you really developed not only a good relationship with Dylan, but also with his parents. So when he fell the fifteenth. It couldn't have worked out better. Yeah. I could tell just in your voice <laughs> how happy you were. Yeah. Just because not only is he a, a very good hockey
1: player, but he comes from a real solid background. And homegrown, you know, right. he's a, obviously he's a Detroit product, and that's something that you're excited about. I mean, he played all, you know, his minor hockey, you know, growing up in the Detroit area. Then he goes to the development program. Then he goes to U of M, and then he's a Detroit Red So that's exciting for us to to have, you know, those type of players. You wanna you wanna get those type of players in. His mom and dad, uh, you know, the, the the dad is basically, uh, you know, grew up in Scarborough where I'm from, so we've kind of told some stories and I, I know a couple of Kevin's hangouts, uh, some Irish bars that he's been to back in the day, so it's pretty funny having those conversations with him, but just, uh, you know, great family, um, you know, and that's where you're sitting there and Like I said, you watch a player, you watch a player. There's a lot of stuff that you love about them, and I'm not talking the unrealistic players of getting Connor McDavid or Austin Matthews, those kind of guys, but players that you feel you're going to have an opportunity to draft. And and right now I feel we have a a couple of those that are going to be in our wheelhouse at 9 as well, so hopefully it plays out in our favor tonight.
0: When you look at the last couple of drafts, You could say, arguably, you have four generational kind of players changing everything from Mm -hmm. McDavid, Matthews, uh, Patrick Line, Jack Jack Eichel, who was uh, uh, obviously Dylan Larkin's teammate with the development program. Um, How difficult is it for you to kind of temper Red Wing fans when you say, we're going to get a good player at number nine, a guy who's going to contribute, but it's not. It's not going to be one of those four guys because it's odd that it would happen so close, yeah. right? That you would get four guys in back-to-back drafts. Yeah,
1: and you know what? This is this is a good draft where you're going to get a good hockey player that's going to help your team. Um, you hope that if they're they continue to develop, um, you know, some are going to get bigger, stronger, and faster. You just kind of hope that you know that they they keep improving. Um, but there's still, you know, a couple years away for our hockey club. I, there's not too many guys that are going to come out uh, and, and impact your hockey club right away. And I think that's something, you know, it's 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 a little disappointing. You hope that you could get someone, boom, throw them on the team, and off they go. But um, you know, they, they, we're going to get a good hockey player. That's the thing. And uh, you know, so it's uh, we know what our needs are. We've talked about that. Um, you know, and then from there, it's uh, like I said, a lot of it. Is out of our hands, you know. From one through eight, you know, there's there's teams that are going to pick ahead, and and then from you know as as the names are you know getting called, you tick them off your board, and you keep ticking them off, and then from there, you know, when it's our turn to call, we'll we'll take the highest ranked player that we have on our list, and that'll be our ninth pick.
0: You know, I said that it was fluid, and the Red Wings have traditionally almost traded down, mm-hmm. maybe to acquire a couple of another uh, other picks, and yep. uh but. Could this be up until the moment where the clock strikes, I guess 6 o'clock here in Chicago, but 7 o'clock back in Detroit, that you could, the Red Wings are open for almost anything. You know, you could trade up, you could trade down, you could just stay
1: pad. I mean, everything's open at this point. And that's kind of what we talked about yesterday, some scenarios of what we wanted to do. The one thing, you know, when you trade back, now you're kind of looking at where your list is, and, you know, now you kind of play it out a little bit. Okay, well, so if we do trade back, you know, we do acquire some maybe a couple more picks. Now it's like, okay, we get this guy, maybe this guy, you know, You kind of play it out. Are you excited to get, you know, instead of the one player at nine, would you rather add, you know, the two or three players at, at the later picks kind of thing? So, you know, those are a lot of the scenarios that you just play out. I mean, you have to. But in the end, you know, like I said, it's like, man, you would love to trade back. And if we could get this guy, that's a home run for us. The problem is there's other teams that might covet this guy you know in the teens or whatever the pick might be and he might not be there depending on how how we trade back so there's a lot of things and in order for the trade back scenario to play out a player that's coveted by another team that picks after us that player has to slide and, and they have to feel that they're going to have an opportunity to get him at nine as well so you can't just come into the draft and say you know what we're going to trade a team's going to trade up we'll give you you know x pick x pick x pick for number nine because they don't know if their player is going to be available. So that's really how it kind of starts to play out. For us last year, I'll just go back to the the Arizona. Obviously, you know, the player that started to slide was Jacob Chickren. Right. And that's when they called and said, you know what, if this player is available, we want to do this. We were able to unload the Pavel Datsyuk contract. And that was a big reason why, uh, you know, we, we traded back. So, you know, that's um, the scenarios have to play out for everybody. There has to be a willing fit. There has to be a fit. And like I said, you just kind of wait and see how, how it plays out. But right now, our intention we're going we're going in tonight. We're going into Chicago, where we have the ninth pick, and and we feel we're going to get a good hockey player for the Detroit Red Wings.
0: Yeah, I, I know with Chickering, Red Wings took a lot of heat because he played yep. at 18. Yeah. Yet you have a, a plan, and if, if and I'm kind of reading into this, and I know Chris, you're going to tell me if I'm wrong, but it seems that. You have, at least as we stand now, as we're talking uh, uh, Friday afternoon here in Chicago, uh, that you have six of the top 100 picks. Or seven, seven, Seven. yes. Seven seven of the top 100 right now. Uh, And next year, which is supposed to be a much better draft, supposedly, 2018, Mm -hmm. you're also acquiring picks Mm -hmm. that... You're looking at this next two years where the core of this hockey team, not that you don't have some players in yeah. Mantha and no, obviously yeah. Larkin, but you're really looking this next core, the, the next Chris Drapers and all that, even though uh, you, know, you were traded for by the Wings. But that's what's happening now. We're, we're, we're in a, a process where the Red Wings are, are taking this draft and next year's draft, and then, bam, then the team will be assembled. Is that, is that, I know you want yeah. to win now and you I know, know how of course, yeah, works, of course
1: but. we, we want to win now and, and we feel, you know, we feel we have a good hockey team, you know, like there, we have some good players. You already talked about, you know, Larkin and Mantha. Those guys are a year older. They're going to be exactly, they're going to be, you know, bigger, stronger. They're, you know, they're getting acclimated to the grind of the National Hockey League and, and, and you, you love the development path that they're on. Um, you know, we thought Jimmy Howard had a great year last year, but didn't stay healthy. If he can stay healthy, if Peter Mrazek, you know, if he can come in and be the goalie that, you know, we're hoping for from from a couple of years ago, you know, when, when he was really looking like he was going to be the goal, goalie of the future. You know, he had a, he faced some adversity. Now, you know, he has to bounce back. There's a lot of good... There's a lot of good things that are going on. But but in the end, well, right Riley now... Riley Sheehan can't... Riley uh, yeah. Sheehan's not going to
0: just yep. score two goals. Yeah,
1: you know, so you just kind of go down the list. And I think, you know, a healthy Justin Advocator, you know, things like that. There's a lot of things that have to go in place for a team to be successful. And I think we know that. And uh, But right now, you look at what happened the other night with Las Vegas. And basically, you know, what they did and how they acquired draft picks, I think kind of shows the hockey world how important draft picks are right now. And the teams that have, you know, everyone talks about go get a top four defenseman. Well, you look at the price that some of those teams paid to protect their top four defensemen. They're not easy to get. You know, there's a lot of stuff that, and trust me, I've been, you know, around Ken the last couple days, and he's been on the phone and trying to work it. I was with Ken through, you know, the Grand Rapids, Syracuse, Calder Cup he's on the phone trying to make there's a, there's a lot of things going the one thing is is a lot of times that a, there's a name that we don't want to trade that seems to come up all the time so it's hard you know so that's what really comes back to tonight and tomorrow how important the draft is you know it's a this is a this is a big couple of days for our organization and we have uh, like i said we we've talked about it, like right. seven picks in the top 100 and we feel uh, you look at some of the players that you know are are playing you know, you look at Nashville. They got Ekholm in the fourth round. You know, you just things like that. Rennie, I think, was a seventh round pick. So, I mean, they're out there. We just got you got to find them and you got to hit on them, and that's what uh, that's what our object, objective is over the next uh, day and a half.
0: When you look at the uh, the situation that the Red Wings do find themselves in, uh, I, I want to go back the expansion draft. Uh, a lot of name Red Wings were left unprotected, but that was the nature of it. Yep. I mean, it, I think Vegas paid billions of dollars to get into this league, and I think the league wanted to at least give them some sort of competitive team. Yep. Um, so I understand how that all works. I, I, I'm kind of curious from from your standpoint, when you looked at it, Mrazek was left unprotected, uh, and, and but Nosik was the guy that was taken. Yep. I saw him play for Grand Rapids this year. I saw him when he was up in Detroit. Uh, big kid, likes to go to the net seems to be coming into his own were you surprised
1: that he was taken um, I think so I think we thought there was uh, you know Peter was one of the names I think we thought was that was going to be out there um, but you know it's uh, you know they they obviously had a philosophy of what they were going to do and they they you know kind of went through that whole thing and um, ended up picking the names that they think the one thing with Thomas Nosek is obviously he's improved every year. Uh, and he's on. Uh, you know, he's on a pretty cheap contract. So right, right. you know, you're, you're going to have a serviceable serviceable player. We had him penciled in playing on our team next year uh, because of obviously the development path that he's been on. So a um, little surprised that he was one of the players that that we lost. But when you look at how they picked it, um, you can kind of understand you know why they did that. So. Um, you know, for us, it was uh, you know we, we didn't think that he was gonna we were gonna lose him, but uh, it goes back to you know the expansion draft, kind of like the draft. You can't control what's going on, and things happen, and sometimes things go off the board a little bit, and you just gotta you gotta stay the path. When you look
0: at uh, with Nosik being gone, I think you said it in a hard cap world, and that was the thing. If you if you look how, as you said, Vegas assembled their team, here was a young forward, up and coming, and cheap. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you need those guys when you have a hard cap, I oh, mean for especially sure. with the new yep. with the, it's, so if you look at the overall picture what vegas did it 's not
1: that difficult to realize why they would take thomas Nosek, yeah, no, for sure, and they uh, you know it's uh and obviously they watched him a lot, you know that would be something they watched uh, the grand rapids uh, run, and uh you know Thomas Nosek played he was a big part of us winning uh, the calder Cup and you know, with that, uh, you know, you're looking at, you know, building a hockey team and you have third, fourth line guy that's cheap right now um, that's going to come in and can help your team, you know, next year. So, with that, uh, that's probably why they, they identified him and took him.
0: Well, yeah, I know uh, a good buddy of yours, and I'm going to be honest, a good buddy of mine, Chris Osgood's a goalie. Mm-hmm. So... You know, you've kind of crossed the path. Uh, have a friend who's a goalie, and we always hear that they're odd and weird and all that kind of stuff. My favorite story always was in the days when the NHL teams traveled by train. The skaters, the defensemen and forwards, could have beer on the on the train. The goaltender could have liquor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, yeah. so, so maybe they're a little bit different. Peter Morazek seems to have all the talent in the world. Mm can you, can he turn it around? Is it just because you know goalies usually at twenty four we see some young goalies come in, but you know it, it seems to be a roller coaster ride for some of these guys
1: oh yeah it's uh, it's it's a hard position and um, you know I, I think uh, you know peter Peter came in and, and had a, a an unreal stretch for six weeks um, you know and you saw a lot of stuff that Peter Morazza could do for any player and for any young player, they're going to face adversity throughout their career. The league's just too good for them not to. Now, obviously, when you start talking about, you know, Carey Price and the superstars of, of the of the game, it, it doesn't happen to a lot of them. But, um, you know, he's he's facing a little adversity. There's no doubt. But for us, you know, we're going to give him every tool to, to make sure that he has a great summer training on and off the ice, that he's ready to come in. And we want that it to be a, a healthy, competitive atmosphere for him and Jimmy Howard if we have that. It's only going to benefit us. I mean, you look at the Pittsburgh Penguins. You know, they had Flurry and, and Murray. Right. And if they didn't have Flurry when Murray got hurt in, in, in warm-up starting the playoffs, who knows what would happen. So it shows you the importance of, of goaltending. Uh, so we feel that, you know, if, you know, how we can stay healthy and Peter can come in and 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 pick up to where what the goalie that we thought he was we could have a real good tandem here and 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 all that does is just benefit our hockey club. So
0: at this point is it fair to say I mean, it looks like because of uh, where uh, Coro is too Jared Coro, that you might have to start the season with three goalies?
1: Uh yeah, I would say right now uh, yeah, I, I'm not quite sure how that's going to play out, you right, know, right. sitting here, in, uh, sitting know here that. in June. Uh, <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, so that's kind of the interesting thing to, to kind of see. But, I mean, you, you know, it's just like anything. Coming in and you want to have healthy competition and you want players to push each other. And, I mean, I lived it. I went through it and it, and it, it kind of keeps you on your toes. And the one thing is, you know, for, for us, I know back in the day, you know Scotty didn't let us get comfortable there's no doubt about that and it uh, for that every time we came to the rink you, you kind of weren't sure what was going on so you know work hard off the ice work hard on the ice and you want to play the next night and that's kind of you know we we need that we need a healthy competitive atmosphere we need players to push each other we need players to to challenge each other and and in the end hold each other accountable and that's that's the only way you're you're going to get out of this that's the only way you're going to get better and i think uh we have a great leadership group. Henrik Zetterberg was unreal last year. Nicholas Cronwall, Justin Adlocator, like that's the, kind of the leadership core group. And you need those guys to really challenge one another and, and challenge their team to, to be better night in and night out.
0: You know, I always uh, have told people that the best, uh, some of the best competitive hockey I ever saw was watching your Red Wing teams practice because Scotty liked to have two or three extra guys, and, well, you know, and, and, and there was competition. And then you would see in that time they weren't very good, like the Edmonton Oilers or something like with. with Ron low as coach or something they would come out and you could tell the difference between a team that not that they weren't serious they were still learning they were young but i mean red wings practicing it was like take no prisoners it was all
1: business well for you know for some (laughs) of us that's that's the way we're going to stay in the lineup right um you know so it's uh and obviously it's a little different now with the numbers that you can carry and whatnot but i mean there was times and Maltz and i joke about a lot there was times where we'd show up the rink and you know for a game and we still weren't quite sure if we were playing tonight you know so we would get into our you know whole pre-game routine and do the whole thing and you know going out on warm-up you're kind of wondering if if someone didn't tell you, you weren't playing you just assume that you were going to play and uh, you know that, uh, that 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 was a big part of you know why we became or how we became who we were as hockey players.
0: You know Chris I can jump all over and I'm not I want to get focused on the, and I know you have uh, limited time here but Joey Koser says that you came up with the name grindline he just approved it is yeah. is that really the story uh,
1: yeah it was uh we were sitting in St. Louis and we were kind of getting ready to go uh it was a f- you know we were it was near the end of the season and just kind of you know we were kidding we spent a lot of time together we had and obviously with with uh, with Darren as well and we spent a lot of time on and off the ice together, and we just kind of, I was kidding around, I said, like, we, we, we need a name, you know, and we were just kind of kidding around with it, and we threw a couple things out, and then, you know, I just kind of came up with, uh, with the grind line, and uh, as soon as I said it, Joey didn't hesitate, and he's, he goes, that was it, and as, when Joey kind of gives you the stamp of approval, you know it's a good thing, and, and that's how kind of, you know, the grind line name came about, it was in a, in a trainer's room in St. Louis.
0: Well, you know, and I'm not trying to overstate it, but you know, you have the production line, but the grind line, is right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it's not as iconic, I'll uh-huh. say, but you know, but still, uh-huh. I mean, the grind line is, is one of those lines that, it, hockey
1: historians will all remember and recall. I think Red Wing fans definitely will will uh, recall that the grind line days uh, Or we could have been called the lack of production grind line uh, You know, but uh, Grind line sounded a lot better, but it's just you know what it was uh, we loved it We loved embracing that role of you know, we knew we had the superstars. We knew what we had to do We we embraced our role with with the Detroit Red Wings through, you know, Stanley Cup championship teams And you know, sometimes you get younger players that you know kind of fight a little bit they want to be the power play guys they want to be the whatever you know top top you know two line players of course we wanted to do that but we also understood with the players that we had what we had to do and and like I said we all kind of bought in and, and embraced that role but with that said you know there were nights where you know we kind of felt like you know we could go out and score and we could impact games and we could score big goals and we we loved playing against the other teams' top lines. It was uh it was awesome. I mean, it was it was unreal to be a part of those lines and be a part of those championship teams and uh, you never forget those. And and those are the moments, you know, especially now when you kinda walk away from the game, I think you realize number one, you know, how hard it, it is to win. Um, you know, when you start watching it and you watch the playoff hockey and that's the one thing it's like, man, we were I know I was spoiled as a professional athlete to play with the players that I played with. And I always, you know, I say, you know, I was one of the luckiest hockey players, you know, to, to play with a Steve right. Eiserman and a Chris Chelios, Dominic Hossick, Nicholas. I mean, just go down the list of these right. players that, that we were able to play with. And, uh, you know, it's that's the one thing is I know everyone that, you know, goes down to Joe Lewis Arena and next year goes down to the beautiful Little Caesars Arena. I know that they love those teams. You know, you you just don't see those teams anymore with what we had just because of the cap era. Now, you know, there's, you know, with that said, there's obviously some great hockey teams out there. But those are the players that go, you know, if the Crosby goes first overall. Malkin, you know, like you go down the list, that's why they're so good. We don't have that. We don't have that first overall pick or second overall pick. And, you know, you look at Chicago. They went through the same thing. They had a tough run. Next thing you know, they got Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taze. You know, they're on a run. You know, like it's... That's how it works. It's through the draft, and that's why we we realize right now how important tonight and tomorrow night are. You're just going to keep coming back to that, you know, is there's there's no there's no quick fix. You have to draft and you have to develop more than ever, and and that's why you know right now it's it's important. Uh, it's an important night tonight for us, and it's a real important day tomorrow, and even going forward into 2018. I'm going to speculate here if that defenseman is there.
0: If a defenseman that you like at nine, will that be the way that you're leaning? And if not, if it's not, and you have a highly skilled forward, perhaps a centerman like yourself. Yeah. Uh, well,
1: we want more than me at nine.
0: No, 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 <laughs> Thanks, I Art. No, no. I, I I, Trust I, me. I <laughs> and I'm
1: okay with saying that. No, yeah, I, yeah, know. Yeah.
0: I know you are. I know what I am. And you're you're, you're humble to a fault. No, but, but in all honesty, then a high skill forward, I mean, at, at center, I mean, do you think... If Red Wing fans were trying to gauge, yep. is is that where your focus is right now on those specifically those positions? Yeah, those, those two positions. positions. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. We need to address that for sure.
0: Yep. And defensemen are, are, are hard to come by, even in the draft. It looks like.
1: Yeah. There's. Uh, I mean, if you know, if everyone's following the mock drafts, and I always look at those mock drafts. You know, I kind of find them entertaining to to with where we are, and I do my own. I you <laughs> know I put my own you know draft together, and and. Uh, you know, you kind of see where they are. And there's obviously, you know, the two names, you know, you see Heisken and Makar. Those guys are obviously, it seems like every every mock draft, they're, you know, top 10 picks all day long. So it, we'll, we'll see. And like I said, it comes back. The Rangers just jumped into seven. You know, who are they covering? What are they looking at? They did it. They got the seventh pick because there's a player that they look at that they feel is going to be there at seven. We'll find out tonight, you know, who that's going to be and and and. And then that obviously, you know, that impacts us. Buffalo picks right before us, and and that's going to impact, you know, how we are. Like I said, you know, one through eight, you just sit there and and you just start, you know, ticking these names off the board. And when nine comes around, the Detroit Red Wings are going to announce a player that we feel is going to be a very good hockey player for us. I've seen a couple of the
0: mock drafts. Actually, there's so many more than...
1: Oh, it's amazing. Years. I mean, yeah, My son's I, doing mock drafts right, now. Yeah, he's say, asking you or taking.
0: and his buddies yeah. you know, can sit around a table yeah. and just post it online. You have no idea. Exactly. You'll know, get a name that sounds good. And you oh. think, oh, these guys know what they're talking about, and you find out they're high school students. But uh, uh, but with that said, Kale McCarr seems to be a defenseman that some people have slotted at number nine and actually have the Red Wings taking... I'm under the impression now with maybe some of these moves you just said Buffalo, which you have to watch out for, uh, and you know, and with the Rangers trading up, I, you know, I, I'm a little bit like, ooh boy, that that might be a dicey proposition to see him go down to nine.
1: Well, yeah, we'll have to see, and 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 like I said, that's the one thing is, uh, you know, you can sit there in the mock draft is you know, you put names up there <laughs> right. and you go from there, but in the end, uh, you know, internally, you th- these guys they trade it up for a reason. They obviously covered someone at seven. Um, you know, and then you know the thing is, you just kind of you wait and see. And I know there's probably some teams behind us that, if a player slips, that they might covet a player at nine as well. And then the opportunity that that the phone rings is there. So that's why you kind of go over the meetings over the last couple of days to see what can happen and where it can go, and and we'll we'll go from there. But it's it's exciting, you know. It's um, you basically. You start the process in August at the Ivan Holinka tournament and then you kind of go all the way through and, you know, right up until, you know, the Memorial Cup and you go from there and you watch games and you watch players, you know, and, and, and you see some players and you really like some players and you feel you almost, you get attached to them because you've watched them so much and, and now tonight you just, you, you wait and see and it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's an amazing night for, for these young hockey players and, and the mom and dads. You know, and the brothers and sisters, and you know, like I, I, sit up there and I watch. I remember my draft day, and I'll never forget mm-hmm. it. You know, and and you just sit there and you just think of you know all the, you know, the early morning drives to the rink by mom and dad. You know, putting the skates on the outdoor rinks. Uh, it's it's everything, and everything is just coming. You know, to tonight, and it's a, it's a pretty, it's it's a special night, and it's it's for me. I I love seeing that. You know, right. like you just kind of see. It's, you know the. How thankful these young hockey players are for the opportunities that their parents gave them, and it's 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 a really cool night, you know, and it's something that, uh, you know, you just sit there and when these names kind of start going off the board, yeah, it's it's fun to watch that, and uh, you know, for me, I know, you know, um, you know how great my mom and dad were, right. You know, and my sisters. You know, through through my whole career, and and for these young hockey players, it starts tonight for them. So it's 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 a it's it's a special night.
0: You know, one of my favorite lines of all time that you gave me was when you were traded to the Red Wings. Your first thought was, "How am I going to make the Detroit yeah. Red
1: Wings if I can't make the Winnipeg yeah. Jets?" Yeah, I swore a couple times <laughs> on that. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. I and actually, I got traded on draft day. Um, you know, I was sitting there, and uh, it was kind of kind of my. My sister got engaged that morning, and, you know, (laughs) so you know, obviously the family was all excited about that. And I remember on the draft and then sure enough, it's like, next thing I know, the phone rings and, and I get traded that day and my sister just shakes her head. She's like, you couldn't even give me today, you know? And it's like, it's "It's not my fault, you know, that, you know, and then that my first thought, you know, I remember saying to my dad, I'm like, you know, here I was with Winnipeg Jets and they were struggling, you know, organization and that, you know, next thing I know, it's, you know, I'm going from, you know, the, the, Winnipeg Jets to the Detroit Red Wings, that I right off the hop obviously, Eisman, Federoff and uh, that I believe Keith Primo was drafted that year. Um, you know, I'm just like, you know, how's this going to work out for me? You know, and they took Mike Sillinger, was my draft year. He's an 89 draft year. So, um, but you know, with that, I got a fresh start, and I got an opportunity, and, and obviously, uh, you know, the rest is history, made the most of it, uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a great story, you know, it's a great story for these young hockey players, I mean, there's going to be guys that are going to get drafted tonight, um, there's going to be guys that uh, are going to get drafted tomorrow, and maybe even later tomorrow, that could be better than the players get drafted tonight, you know, that's right, just, um, right. you know, that's that's the hard part of drafting 17 and 18 year old kids, you just don't know. And, you know, for me, I was a third-round pick, um, you know, that went on to play over over a 1,000 games. And, and, you know, like you look at like it's, uh, you know, so, so you just don't know what's going to happen. And, and that's why it's, it's so hard. And you're just sitting there and tonight, you know, you're just, man, you just cross your fingers and you pick this player and you hope that the stars align and everything works. And next thing you know, this guy's going to be a red ring, you know, for 10, 12, 15 years. And it's a hell of a pick. And, but it's hard because they're 17 and 18 years old. When you, uh, you said you were at the combine, and it seems
0: that, you know, when I was coming up, I changed sports with the seasons, but it's not like that anymore. I mean, if if you're going to go into hockey, or Mm -hmm. if you're going to go into football, basketball, you know, tennis, whatever, kids, if they think they're going to have a shot, that's all they do. How has it changed when you were at that combine? I remember talking to you briefly about it, and I don't know if you walked away impressed, but... These these kids are serious. I oh, mean, yeah. this is not you know they're not uh, you know downloading the, the latest K- Katy Perry album or something. Yeah. They're they're all focused in on hockey.
1: Yeah, they are. Um, you know, and there's some you know there's some kids when they sit down and they walk out of the room, you're just like you know what, what? like it, it was almost the, the the interview that you expected from watching them play. Right. You know, and and sometimes you sit there and there's a you know you have an interview and and you know the kid walks out and. It, it's almost the same thing. You watch them play, and you're just uh, you're just okay on the guy, and then the interview, you know, kind of shows you that. So it's uh, it's amazing how these kids are very similar to the way they play and the way they carry themselves off the ice. So it's uh, it's amazing. Like I put myself, and it's, uh, I'm going way back, put myself in that situation and sitting in that chair, and and there's no combine. Obviously, when I was drafted, I uh, you walk into this room. There's a general manager, there's two assistant general managers, head scouts. And these guys, you know, they just come in and sit and, and they, they pretty well handle everything that you throw at them, mm-hmm. these questions and stuff. So they're very well polished, very well prepared. Um, you know, these kids, they have, you know, they have power skating coaches, they have stick handling coaches, they have nutritionalists, they have off-ice, you know, strength coaches. They're so much more prepared than than I certainly was and, and probably you could go back, you know, maybe 15, 18, 20 years ago of how these players are. So it's impressive when they come sit down and when they you know, it's it's amazing when you sit there and you watch a guy and you've seen him play 8, 10, 12 times, and then he walks into that interview room, you know, it's you're, you're expecting that this guy's going to come in and he's going to have a heck of an interview, and sometimes it's the same thing. You watch a player play, and you're just kind of okay on him and so-so and on him, and he comes in, and his interview is the exact same thing. So, it's amazing how you kind of are what you are, on and off the ice, uh, And, and but, but for us, um, you know, you, you, you get in, and, and we're just, we want to try to get to know these young men. I mean, when you think about it, you draft these kids at 18 years old, you might have them until, you know, whatever. You, you want to have these guys for 12, 14, 15 years in your organization. So it's a big investment. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. It's a pretty interesting process. And like I said, these kids sit down and, and very well polished. We had a couple more interviews today, and, you know, these kids just kind of walk in, and it's, uh, you name it, they walk into a conference room. Um, you know, and and they handle it, it very well. So they're very mature, very mature young men, and like I said, it's a, it's an amazing day for them and their families tonight.
0: And obviously, the legacy of the Red Wings is is. Pretty much ingrained in all their minds i mean they know what this franchise has accomplished
1: over the years they do they know uh and it's interesting that you know some of these you know we ask them you know where do you know where the red wings are picking and they're like Oh, you guys have the ninth pick and you know so they know and you know we had one kid it was pretty impressive uh you know we're like well if we're gonna take you where do we have to take you and he goes uh we well, have four third round picks right and we're like, yeah, and he goes, well, you should probably use one of those on me, you know, so like it's, <laughs> it's interesting, they're pretty knowledgeable when they walk into the room, they've been coached, obviously, by their agents and their parents, and uh, maybe even other former teammates that have gone through the process, so it's, uh, it's pretty cool when they walk in and do their thing.
0: Chris, uh, you know, people have always asked me. They go, "What's Drapes doing now for the Red Wings?" And I said, "Well, I think he started off in scouting, working, you know, and mm-hmm. it's kind of worked his his way up." It, can you can you give a brief job description so Wings fans, because you know everyone's, you know, you're Drapes. So yeah. I mean, everyone cares about you, yeah, the grind line, well, you know, all that stuff. Well, you know that. You.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, for me, um, you know, I've I've been fortunate to obviously kind of come from you know from playing to walk right in, and Ken Ken's been great. Um, you know, been able to come in. Um, you know, this year, you know, it's probably caught you know about 180 hockey games. You know, watching, scouting, writing reports. Uh, for me, I'm I'm enjoying the amateur side of it. You know, this is really uh, probably the area that that I've enjoyed the most. I've done you know, gone down to Grand Rapids, obviously watch right. them, you know, and then watch their playoff run. Uh, you know, if there isn't an amateur game going on, I'll I'll go watch the Red Wings play. And but and you know, and then most days just down at the office and and talking hockey and stuff. So. It's um, kind of touch on, on on a lot of the areas that go go on in the game, and, and for me, uh, like I said, I'm enjoying uh, the amateur side of it, and enjoying uh, you know how how it's going to play tonight. I've seen a lot of the, you know, most of the names that are going to be called tonight. I've had multiple viewings on them, and it's exciting to be a part of that.
0: Uh, one final question: When you look back at at these Red Wing teams, uh, I know it, to me it doesn't seem twenty years ago that, that the ninety seven yeah. team. I mean, that's uh, that's incredible. Are you surprised how many of you fellas, from Stevie to Brendan to you to Marty uh, Malts? I mean, how how are in the game and Sergey out out b- yeah, back nice. in Russia? I mean, yep. you that uh, you know Igor, although he was probably you know always going to be an agent or do something, but. So many of you fellas have stuck to this game. I mean, I guess it's a testament to the passion that you had as players that you just can't walk away from.
1: Yeah, this game. it's you know what it's it's kind of who we are. Um, you know, the, the for me that I was you know like I said you know the the game was was so good to me. It's a it's a great opportunity to stay in the game and and I enjoy it and and obviously very proud you know proud red wing as a player and proud to be in the front office with the red wings as well and you know want to be a part of you know getting us back to to where we want to be where the red wing fans wants us to be and that's something that, uh, you know, it's 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 challenging, but I, w- I want to be a part of that. And, uh, you know, with that said, you know, the one thing that, you know, Ken's always told me is you just, you have to know players, and the only way you're going to know players is if you watch players, and that's kind of with where I'm going. And I'm, I'm lucky. I have, I can pick up the phone and, and I can talk hockey with Steve Eiserman. I can pick up the phone and talk with Brendan Shanahan, whatever it might be. So Marty the Point, I ran into Marty the Point a lot, you know, with obviously with him and my, uh, with, with Montreal. Montreal right. So, um, you know, it's pretty cool to do that talk to you know Maltz has been texting me the last couple days seeing what's going on and the whole thing so um with playing for the red wings as long as i did able to create a lot of good relationship with players that are in the game and involved with other teams and it's nice to be able to do that but uh it's uh I, i enjoy it uh and like i said for me um you know Maltz is a pro scout he's on the pro side of it I've kind of, you know, gravitated towards the amateur side, and and this is uh, this is a big night for uh, for our amateur staff tonight. I'm excited for us.
0: Chris, uh, thanks for joining us here on the Red White Authority. I really appreciate your time. It uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, best of luck tonight in the draft and yeah, tomorrow for the Red Wings, and uh, we'll talk to you down the road very soon. Thank you. Sounds good, Art. Appreciate it.